Apex Shadow contains content that may prove upsetting for some listeners. Specific content warnings can be found in the show notes. The Blitz tries to move. His mind screams at his muscles to obey, to carry him away out of danger as they have done so many times before. In all his years in the costume, running toward fires, outpacing mammoth explosions, beating death to the finish line so many, many times. The idea that this could be it, that his time could finally have run out, it's almost unthinkable. So that's it, huh? You think, what? What, you spooky fuck? You think you can just kill me like this? A little electricity and some, some Nero what's it bullshit, and you think you're gonna take me out? Fuck you. Do you know who I am? Do you have any idea who you're fucking with? You think you can do this to me? The man looming over him now is clad almost entirely in black, save for a few splashes of bright red. The collar of his long, dark coat. A utility belt encircles his waist. Thick, plated gloves. And of course, the wide, glowing lenses staring into the Blitz's soul. Those are red as well. Against the matte black of his pointed-eared helmet, it's impossible for the Blitz's gaze not to be drawn to them, like some hellish abyss. I'm a fucking superhero! The man in black draws a massive, high-tech pistol from his coat. There, on the roof, in the chill of the rain, the Blitz is very much afraid to die and the man in black has just three words. Good for you. Apex Shadow, episode one, A Fear of Flying, featuring the voices of Star Lee, Joseph Boslinski, Jack Franklin, Sarah Jacklin, Iris Thompson, Damonic Seed, Oliver Summers, Callista Robinson, Vinny, JHQK, Jenna Brewer, LMH Creative, Alexandria Hudson, Ellis Bertrell, Jamie Martinez, and Lee Murray. Detective Cavanaugh remembers being a little girl in a time when the skies were clear of the men and women in capes, tights, and battle armor. She also remembers a time when she would see the capes and think that they were so wonderful, so beautiful, that she was so blessed to be living in a world that saw fit to make such dreamlike spectacle into reality. Now, she stares out across the city with a dead hero just a few yards behind her, and all she can think to say for herself is... Shit. Hey, detective. We found this. Looks like it might be some sort of tech. Deader than my last marriage, though. Your marriage would probably be in better shape if your humor didn't suck so much, Morrison. I didn't... Let me see that. Uh, sure. Uh, of course. 
Just like the last one. Uh, what you mean, detective? Was I talking to you? I'm sorry, I I was just trying to help. This... This thing, whatever the hell it was that's charred and subsequently waterlogged mess of shit used to be, was probably part of the setup our perp used to bring down the bitch back there. The... the blitz? Yeah, that's what I said. Anyway, similar wreck to useless gadgets at previous crime scenes, same fucking guy I've been after, I bet my OT on it. You could have cleaned this shit up. And everything you'd have to, but this isn't gonna lead anywhere, is it? I wanted us to find it. Kate's mind is racing. The Grave Knight, Adam Song, Dr. Dare. Three costumed criminals have already been killed. Now a so-called hero. This changes things. Hey, so you think our guy's a supervillain or what? Don't use that word at my crime scene, Morrison. This isn't a fucking comic book. I'm just saying! Laura Jennings sits across from the quiet man, and her brain keeps yelling at her that she's wasting his time. But all Mr. Dobson has ever done is listen. He has never judged her. Not in all the time she's been trapped here in hell, not even when she'd told him she was glad to hear the Blitz was dead. He's hurt you, Laura. The things he did to you were unconscionable. The good the public knew him for doesn't change any of that. You don't owe him any compassion. And that's the thing. Mr. Dobson always knows what to say. Never loses his patience with her. Never misses an appointment. Always on time. It's so many little things. And there are times when she thinks he might be the closest thing to a friend she has left. He's been dead for three days now. I thought... Somehow, I thought that now that he's gone, I'd be able to... Go outside? Yeah. Yeah. Go back outside. I just... I know that it's crazy, but I was hoping... Sure. I can understand that, but you don't feel ready? I'm sorry. Nothing to be sorry about, Lara. You've been through an incredible trauma. It's not a race. It's just about you finding your way forward, whatever that needs to be for you. I just feel so stupid. Yeah. You know, the people I work with at uh, the Caliburn Group, they have a name for your condition. Fear of flying, they call it. 20 years since people first saw actual gods take to the skies. How do you process that? That there are people out there who can defy physics on a whim, break the sound barrier, bend steel. And run really fast. <laughs> sure, yeah. Do you think... Do you think he did this to other people? I don't know. I hope not. And uh, I'm sorry it was done to you. At least... He's dead now. Oh, God. He is. And he'll never hurt you or anyone else ever again. It's gonna be hard. And it's gonna hurt like hell. But one day, Lara, you'll go to the beach again. Feed the ducks. Run in the sand. I know you will. 
I believe in you. <laughs> I'm glad one of us does. Never doubt it. How are those breathing exercises going? They talk for another hour. They've gone over time again, but Jack isn't worried. He realized a while back that Madison was intentionally spacing his clients out to give him more time with them. He's grateful to her for that. This job, helping these people in whatever small ways he can, it keeps him sane. On the best days, it makes him feel like maybe everything that happened that horrible day might not have all been for nothing, even if it still hurts. Eventually, though, their time is up. If you need anything, anything at all, just call me, all right? Don't worry. I will. I promise. And as Jack Dobson bids her goodbye and shuts the front door behind himself before listening to Laura shoving her deadbolt back into place, he has no way of knowing that this is the last time he will see her alive. Even after having been a cop for seven years, stepping into the medical examiner's office still makes Kate feel like she took a wrong turn onto an episode of Star Trek. She steals herself, less so against any gory sights or horrible smells, more so against Dr. K's inevitable attempts to bond. Kate, good to see you. How is it going? Well, the Blitz is dead. Besides that, everything's pretty terrible. How about you? Right. Um, oh. I'm sorry. Don't be. What you got for me? So, the Blitz. Redmond. Rory Redmond. I didn't... Uh... His prince just came back a couple hours ago. He was with the Guardian Force. Most of those capes on the GF, the feds have them on file under more layers of security in the fucking Pentagon. Suppose they cooperated as fast as they did. Well, he is dead, so I imagine that changes things. Sure. So, tell me the story, Doc. Right. With the Blitz, excuse me, I mean Mr. Redman, I'm seeing signs of severe electrocution. Enough to kill a normal person instantly a few dozen times over, but as you likely know, Mr. Redman's healing ability was known to be highly accelerated. In keeping with the general theme here. <laughs> I fucking hate speedsters. Are there, uh, any capes that you don't hate? Uh, nope. What about Apex? Everybody loves... I, I mean, they used to, at least. I guess they... Apex fucked up and killed a couple thousand people. There's a reason no one's seen him since. I... I suppose. So, Redman... The electrical shock didn't kill him? No. <laughs> that would be the hollow point rounds fired at close range into his heart and his brain. Thought our boy here was supposed to be considerably faster than a speeding bullet. Or whatever the hell it was they said on the cereal boxes and the t-shirts. Normally, sure. But that's where the electrocution comes in. Even with his powers, that much electricity would have had his muscles jumping around inside his skin like bacon in a frying pan. There's no way he could have run away from this. Well, <clears throat> sounds like my guy, all right. The, uh, cape killer? The rumoured man in black? Jesus Christ. Is that what they're calling him now? Does every single one of these spandex-wearing fucks need a name? Well, it's certainly descriptive. So's the perp, 
or that murderous asshole, or this motherfucking gun-toting anarchist. Jesus, I hate this fucking town. I, I hate to break it to you, Kate, but uh, there are people rallying around this guy. The people he's taken care of so far were guilty of horrible things. I've seen some of their work. Yeah? Let me tell you something, Doc. The world is full of tragedy. The second we started turning a blind eye to jack-offs with spandex on their dicks trying to do our jobs was the biggest tragedy of all. Are you mad? No. Ecstatic. Thanks, Doc. You're welcome. In Detective Kavanaugh's mind, she's one of the last bastions of sanity in a world that's gone completely mad. It makes her head hurt. It makes her want to be a little girl again, safe from all this nonsense, looking forward to the future, unaware of all that's waiting for her and the rest of humanity. It also makes her desperately crave a drink. But first, she needs to break some bad news. Jack has just been to see Michael Pierce, a ten-year-old boy whose world was shattered when a man calling himself a hero threw a car at a woman seemingly made of concrete. The glass sent flying in the aftermath did irreparable damage to his spine. He may never walk again. Jack desperately wants to encourage him, give him comfort. But what could he possibly say? He's still trying to figure that out, even now. And all the while, he feels restless, agitated. Yes, he wants to help the boy, but what he also wants to do, really wants to do, is find that fucking careless prick in the costume who didn't even know what he'd done, take his face in his hands and... <clears throat> Shit. <clears throat> yeah? Jack, how'd it go with MP? I just finished the intake. About as well as can be expected. That family's gonna need, uh, a lot of help, Madison. Those bills are... Say no more. We'll take care of it. And I'm already in conversation with Dr. Reed over at Heartsong Medical. We'll see what he can do for the boy. Uh, that's good to hear. We can't help everyone. We're damn sure going to help whoever we can. I know. Um, anything else you've got for me? God, no. You've been working for 14 hours. Go home. <laughs> Sleep? Uh, what is that? Does it come in a vanilla folder? Is there a case number attached? <laughs> no, I wish. Yeah, me too. Uh, all right, I'll see you tomorrow. Good night, Jack. Night, Madison. Jack is about to enter a car when he sees a kid no older than 15 finishing a tag on a nearby building. Tall, black block letters. Simple, but strong. It's not about looking pretty. It's about leaving a message. Beware the man in black, it says. Without thinking about it, Jack calls out to the kid. You think he's real? The boy turns to him, paint can in hand, and gives him a solemn look. Hell yeah. He gets the bad guys. What, like the, uh, supervillains? The boy shakes his head. No, man. The bad guys. You know? Jack looks up at the sky above them. There are no stars to see here in Uptown, but it only takes a few moments before he sees a human silhouette go shooting past. Yeah. Yeah, I do.
Margot Redmond seemed to already know that her husband was dead. By the time Kate knocked on her door, the now widow was already red-eyed and considerably drunk. Now, as they sit in the middle of an immaculate, high-class sitting room, Kate finds herself as uncomfortable with her surroundings as she is with the woman's tortured chuckling. <laughs> yeah, I knew. As soon as Ori didn't show up the other night. I knew. I mean, you always expect it, but eventually you just learn to feel it. He'd been away before, hadn't he? His work with the Guardian Force, he's been off-world a few times. Of course. So what made this time any different? A feeling, detective. That's all. Just like I said, you learn to feel it, or I did. Hope you never do. Don't fall in love with your heroes. They'll kill you inside. One way or another. Uh, I'm sorry to bring this up, but is there anyone you can think of who didn't see your husband as a hero? What? What are you- Uh, detractors, people with grudges, press, anti-fans, stalkers, nutjobs, etc. Rory fought supervillains all the time, detective. Oh, of course, sure. Uh, but none of them have taken credit, Miss Redmond, so I have to work this out from another angle. I see. Yes, of course, right, right. Kate can already feel herself slipping. Not for the first time in the last few years. She wonders if she's cut out for this. This is a grieving woman, and all Kate wants to do is nail her dead husband to the wall. She knows she shouldn't, but something about all this. Your, uh, your husband worked with a lot of other capes, didn't he? You mean superheroes? Sure. Well, yes, of course. Rory was prolific. He was part of the Guardian Force. Everyone loved him. He- Grave Knight. Adam Song, Dr. Dare, do any of these names mean anything to you? Well, Grave Knight, I know, but only in passing. I think Rory fought him once. He was typically one of Steampunk's rogues, but I, well, you know. Rory tried to help wherever, whenever he could. A real hero. Oh, yeah, naturally. But the others, no, I don't think. If he ever fought with them, I don't think he mentioned it. Sure. Um, sure. Do you know any reason they might have been targeted? What? No, they're- Wait. You don't think that the same person who killed Rory might have been the one who killed them? Well, I am certainly looking into every possibility. Detective, please. You have to understand. This is difficult for me. I always knew something like this might happen. Rory had so many, many enemies. Monster men, aliens, mad doctors, and lying whores. Lying whores. Oh, you know, detective. You said it yourself. The media, the tabloids, they'll all be calling once the word's out looking for scandal. Rory was... He was never perfect, but he saved lives. He saved mine. He gave his life for this world, and now a week from now, a month from now, he'll be a five-second soundbite in some shit-tier documentary. These people shouldn't get to say whatever they want about my dead husband. I'm sorry. I'm sure you are. Was there anything else? I have grieving to do. Uh, yeah, of course. 
I... I will call you if there's anything else, Mrs. Redmond. Thank you for your time. For her part, Kate can't get out of there fast enough. Something's up. Something's off. She has things to follow up on. The night's still young and a man is still dead. Even if part of her thinks it may be for the best. Once the detective leaves, Margot sits still for a long while, rolling her drink in her hand, watching the ice cubes clink against the glass. This isn't right. She can't allow this to go on. Bad enough that Rory's dead. But soon they'll be dragging the only thing left of him through the mud. His name will be ruined. That sniveling, lying bitch will open her mouth again, and then forever people will... I don't fucking think so. She lurches from her chair, stumbling, very drunk now. But if she does this, once she does this, she knows it won't be a problem anymore. The safe hidden behind their family portrait was made to order, a gift from their honeymoon. As she reaches for it, sliding her shaking hand across the space-age metals and plastics, she hears her dead love's voice in her head. This costs a fortune, but if it keeps you safe, it'll be worth it. Remember, babe. Only use this in a serious emergency. If everything's totally fucked beyond belief. If something happens to me. If my enemies find you. It's a one-shot deal, and the effects will be gone in 72 hours. Why would I ever need it? You'll always come running for me, won't you? You know it, babe. But it'll make me feel better, knowing I've got a backup plan. Alright, Rory. Don't worry. Emergency only. That's my girl. I love you. I love you too. Margot presses the flat of her palm against the safe. The surface shifts and warps like liquid, as nanotechnology works to shape a palm-shaped panel around her touch. Biometrics confirmed. Awaiting access code. Sundown, licorice, zebra, 994811. Voice print confirmed. Access code confirmed. One moment, please. <laughs> <laughs> Kate tried to sleep last night after talking to the widow Redman. It didn't work too well. Instead, she spent half the night lying naked in bed, in the dark, staring at the ceiling and thinking of what it might be like to fly. Would it change her, she wondered? Would it make her understand this world? Would it make her anger go away? But there were no answers to those questions last night, and there still are none today. So she's already loaded up on coffee and her usual amount of spite. And now she's just trying to do her damn job. Hey, Kinsey, don't touch my shit! The fuck are you on about, Kavanaugh? My stapler, man. You took my fucking stapler. Again. No, I didn't. Don't lie to me. I didn't. I... Oh. Shit. Hold on. Yeah. Give it. Sorry. Here. I meant to put it- I just requalified at the range, Kinsey. Don't touch my fucking stapler. Milton? Learned his shit from me. What? Why does no one understand my fucking movie references? Fuck! Office space. Fucking thank you! Maybe there's help after all. 
Okay, let's see. Recent files pertaining to the Blitz. Five years back, maybe. Mm, let's start there. Commendations. Lazy fucking reports. Show of hands. Who's surprised? <laughs> so many PR handjobs, I feel physically ill. Complaints, 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 complaints. Com Wait. Wait, what? What the fuck? Kavanaugh. My office. <sighs> what a coincidence, Cap. I was headed that way anyway. It's her attitude, right? It's gotta be her attitude. What's wrong with her attitude? Come on, man. I kinda like it. It scares me. Pussy. You, uh, you gonna eat that donut? Kavanaugh, do you know why you're here? Ooh, is it to fight crime? I hope it's to fight crime. That sounds cool. Been itching to do that. Let me. You are here in my office because of your. My attitude. Your attitude. Yes, exactly. Shit. That was my second guess. I should have led with it. Kavanaugh, help me out here. You know, half your coworkers are scared of you. Really? Why? What's wrong with them? Kavanaugh. I'm serious. If they're scared of me, what good are they against one of those freaks in tights with the shot gloves or the freeze breath or the laser dicks or whatever? Laser dicks. It could happen. You don't know. What's your issue with capes, Kavanaugh? Respectfully, sir. Oh, <laughs> uh, this ought to be rich. Why don't you have an issue with them? Why don't they piss you off beyond all conceivable fucking measure? Ever since I came here, I feel like I'm the only one who hasn't lost my fucking mind, sir. Kavanaugh, what do you want me to do, huh? Exactly. What do you want me to do? Even after everything that happened, the mayor still goes on vacation wearing Apex merch. Yeah, well, the mayor's an idiot, Cap. Alright. On that, we agree. Fucking great. Hooray for me. Answer me this, Cap. Why is there a public safety restriction that I've never fucking heard of before today locking me out of six different complaints filed against Rory Redman. Who? Oh, for fuck's sake. The Blitz. Which restriction? SH-27. Whatever the fuck that means. Would you like a drink? Always. But right now, I would like an answer. Kavanaugh. Kate. You wanted to work the Kate cases. Yeah, that's right. You know why you got that detail so easy? You sure as hell haven't been a cop nearly as long as some. Don't keep me in suspense, Cap. Because nobody wants it, Kate. Don't you get that? Nope. Go ahead. Why don't you explain it to me? I'm ecstatic. I love learning. Kate, maybe you haven't caught on to this yet, but do you realize how nearly impossible it is for regular cops to investigate crimes involving these people, much less prosecute? And still, I get the deaths there. Great. Look. Super speed, Kate. Flight. Telepathy. Telepathy, Kate. Jesus. How the hell do you nail some psycho who kills people by thinking real damn hard? For God's sake, some of them become entirely different people. Or things that don't exist. It's a forensic nightmare. And half the time, the nightmare is wearing spandex from head to toe. Wanna know what all that means for Comstat numbers, hmm? Not to mention public anxiety. So... I shouldn't care about doing my job, then. Because it's hard. That's not what I- Ah, oh, thank Christ. 
What? I. Yeah. Yeah, she's right. Yes. Wonderful. No, no, no. That's perfect. What sarcasm, Sergeant? You'll be happy to know that this meeting is over. We're murder. Over at Simone and Grant. Probably cave shit. What's SH-27, Cap? Complicated. Go. Simone and Grant. And Kavanaugh. Work on your fucking attitude. That's pretty sexist, Cap. Yeah, it probably is. And I don't care. Now excuse me, because I need to drink about you. When Kate first enters the home of 26-year-old Laura Jennings, the smell of blood hits her like a truck before she's taken more than three steps into the house. The place isn't very big, and when she steps past two techs and a uniform rounding the corner into the living room, she sees where it's coming from. Everything's painted red, from the carpet now crusted over beneath their feet to the walls, the ceiling, the furniture, everything washed in blood just like the dead body of the woman at the center of it all. Jesus fucking Christ. Ghastly one, isn't it? Dr. K approaches. Kate hadn't even noticed her yet, but she recovers her composure quickly. Don't we usually bring the party to you? Sure. But they were afraid to move her, so I decided to come down and do some preliminary analysis, at least. Afraid to... Why? Well... See this. Dr. K indicates the dead woman's face. Her eyes gone empty, then her lips. Both are leaking with fluids, not just blood. Other things too, things from inside her. Near as I can tell, she was stabbed. A lot. I lost count at 700. I was about to start again when you came in. Fuck. But that's not the worst part, I would say. I mean... None of this is great. Who wants to be stabbed 700 times or at all? But if I had to choose, like, if you put a gun to my head... Doc. Uh, right. <laughs> Sorry. She was liquefied. What? Well, her insides were, at least. Looking over her initially, it looks like, in addition to the stab wounds, someone applied intense, repeated force to her body. Dr. K gestures to the macabre fountains of blood stretching out all around them. That's why there's so much blood, I think. I'll have to bring her back to my lab to know for sure, but so far, my guess is someone beat the world record in stab wounds, then decided it wasn't enough, so they... So they shook her up till she fucking exploded. Yeah, that's my theory anyway. Sometime earlier this afternoon, blood's still relatively fresh, so she... Who? Hey, you... Mitchell, right? I'm a few steps behind here. Who called this horror show in? Neighbor lady. She brings Laura. Uh, that's the Vic. Laura Jennings. She brings her groceries sometimes. She said Miss Jennings had some kind of phobia. Wouldn't leave the house if it was on fire. So she saw this shit? Yeah, afraid so. She's uh, barricaded herself back in her... Get a statement from her. And get some more of our guys start canvassing, see if anyone saw or heard anything. Yeah, of course. Oh, look at this. Business card. Worn all to hell. She was seeing those people at Caliburn, maybe. Or thinking about it. For her phobia or whatever. From within the evidence bag, Kate regards the simple black and white business card emblazoned with a small shield emblem on the front. Caliburn Services, Jack Dobson, LCSW. 
Jack Dobson. Why why does that name sound familiar to me? Caliburn's the company the mayor contracted to help after the downtown tragedy. They handle counseling and outreach for the entire city. Maybe you've met him before. Maybe. Shit. Their office closes in less than an hour. Wait, you're going there now? The fuck else am I going to do here, Mitchell? Unis are canvassing, the dock and her worker bees are sciencing. I'll follow up with the neighbor later. She's no good to me right now. There's nothing here but... Blood. And a whole lot of misery. And what I want is answers, and I'm tired of not fucking getting them lately. Hello, welcome to Caliburn Services. How can I help you tonight? Kate flashes her badge at the receptionist. This place is already making her uncomfortable. Too modern, too pristine. She thinks it's meant to put people at ease, but it just makes her feel weird, exposed. Detective Kavanaugh, I'm looking for Jack Dobson. You know, I don't think he's... No, he's not here. Sorry. Can you check? Just did. Sorry. I have literally been looking at you this entire time. You did not. The boss pays me very well to be very fast and very good. I just... Mr. Dobson is not in trouble. That's what you'd say if you were. I just need to ask him a few questions about... You know, he's one of the nicest people I ever met. Helped me move last year. My cats love him. I don't think they would like you much, especially Mr. Crunkle. You've got some toxic energy about you. Look, I love cats. I hate people, especially people who waste my time. So could you please just point me to his office? Somebody just died, and I have a feeling he would like to know. Oh. Yeah. Oh. My mistake. It seems Mr. Dobson is in the office tonight. Thank you! Jack tells himself he should go home. If Madison were in the building right now, she'd be all but shoving him out the door. Even if he tried to argue about the huge backlog of paperwork, she'd tell him there would always be more paperwork, and she would be right. But still, it's not as though anything is waiting for him back home. Just memories. Too many of them. A locked room, an empty bed. He'll have to go back there eventually. What's wrong with putting it off just a few more? Jack Dobson? The woman who just let herself into his office is tall, with an athletic build. Long platinum blonde hair, black bomber jacket over a blue blouse and dark slacks. On her hip is a gun. In her hand is a badge. That's what they keep telling me. Detective Kavanaugh. He's thinking of offering her a seat, except she's already taken the one directly across from him, and she's staring at him over the desk. Her eyes are gray, like gathering storms. You've been here at work all day? Yeah, I have. Uh, what can I do for you, Detective? A woman was murdered earlier this evening. 
Laura Jennings, does that name mean anything to you? Wait, Laura's dead? So that's a yes, I'll take it. Yes. Uh, what happened to her? Was she a client of yours? I can't answer that. Why not? I can't confirm or deny if uh, someone is or has been a client of mine. She's dead, Mr. Dobson. Yeah, I, um, I knew her. I can't say any more than that, Detective. Uh, HIPAA uh, extends to 50 years after death in this state. I am trying to solve a murder. And I appreciate that, but if Lara were a client of mine, hypothetically speaking, the least I could do for her now is protect her privacy. And what about helping me catch that son of a bitch who killed her? Do you think she'd prefer that? Or her privacy? Kate takes a deep breath, shuts her eyes for a moment. <sighs> Looking out for her. And giving her respect, I can... I can appreciate that. Really, I can. But after the day, month, year, after the year I have had, I... There's nothing she can put into words, but it's true. It means something. That anyone can still live by some semblance of a code in this madhouse of a city. <sighs> Do you like working here for Caliburn? Uh, sure. We've helped a lot of people. Made a difference. Hope we're going to get to keep doing it. So, what is it you do for them, exactly? Uh, I'm a social worker. I provide counseling to people who've been adversely affected by super-powered individuals. That must be... a lot. It, um... It is. It, uh, it is. How did she die, detective? Please, what happened? Someone broke in. Uh, stabbed her and... Inhuman number of times, then shook her up like a rag doll. It was, it was pretty horrific. My God, that's um. Damn, I just. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to be the one to tell you, Mister Dobson. It's just uh. Yeah, it uh, it wasn't pretty. Jack, please. Oh right, sure. Jack. Detective, uh, if you don't mind me saying, you look, uh, you look like you've been through it. Honestly, are you all right? <laughs> Honestly? No. No, I'm, I'm fucking not. God, that's so unprofessional of me to say. <sighs> but why start being professional now? I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to, uh... No, no, it's, it's, it's fine. It's just... You know, I'm pretty sure everybody I work with hates me, or at least they're scared of me, so I've been told. I guess I deserve it, though. I'm not exactly an approachable person. Honestly, I... I just want to help this girl. Your... your client. I, I, I didn't say... Yeah, your acquaintance, whatever. My department doesn't like dealing with capes. I think the only reason they keep me around is as a scapegoat so they can pin all this super shit on me. When I finally collapse into the weight of it all, they'll probably just throw a fucking parade. It's just... These people, for all their fucking power, they just shouldn't get to... They shouldn't get to just do whatever they want. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh... I do. 
detective, I've seen a lot uh, doing this job. Horrifying stuff. My job is to help people navigate their struggles. That necessitates being witness to, um, well, a whole lot of trauma. Sure. Take, um, <clears throat> for instance, this one client. They were kidnapped and sexually assaulted by a speedster, they said. Grabbed up, violated, dumped like trash. Three separate times within a week. An alarm starts screaming in Kate's head. Formerly disparate pieces start snapping together. Horrible kismet at work. A dark picture is forming in front of her. Wait. Wait, wait. Did, did you say a speedster? Do you mean... Do you mean the Blitz? Did he do that? I didn't say that. Not a lot of speedsters around, though, are there? Surprisingly rare. All things considered, anyway, the police were... useless, sorry to say. Does sound like them. Any attempt this survivor made to file a complaint, they were stonewalled. Even the ones who seemed to believe them still treated them as though they were radioactive. So after a while, they just gave up and shut themselves off from the world. Not the first one I've seen it happen to. Won't be the last, most likely. Wait. So that... So that was her, wasn't it? Uh, who you were talking about just now, Laura Jennings. You said that, Detective. I certainly didn't. But the Blitz is dead. I'm sorry? <sighs> oh, shit. It's... He's punishing them. He's... Detective? But who would just single this girl out? She's been living her life in solitude. Who the fuck would sh- Oh, shit. Lying horse. Right, of course, lying horse. Detective? Sorry. Sorry, it's kind of my thing. I was talking to myself very earnestly. Out loud. Can't make stakeouts too easy. <laughs> On the contrary, actually. It helps keep me awake. I, uh, I have to go follow up on something. <laughs> Excuse me, if I need anything more from you, Jack, I'll give you a call. I've already got your number. <laughs> so, uh, sorry about your friend, Laura. Me too, Detective. Uh, thanks, I appreciate it more than you know. Uh, hey, it's, uh, Kate. It's Kate. If, if that's alright with you. Of course. Um, <clears throat> nice to meet you, Kate. Same to you, Jack. Uh, be careful, please. Whatever you're about to do, whatever uh, lead you're, uh, be careful. Oh, that's sweet. But I am physically incapable of being careful. <laughs> well, still. Yeah, uh, <laughs> be seeing ya. I'm over here trying to do my fucking documents, and I got my fucking keyboard here, and I can't save my fucking documents like any normal human being used to save shit. Like, I just gonna print it out, I put it in a folder. No! I gotta click fucking control shift P S random fucking fucking video game cheat codes and shit up on my keyboard. I don't even know what to do, but what are, what are even pinkies for? Why do I even have to click the fucking control key? Pinkies are like a, like a vestigial structure we don't even use anymore. Fucking for like gorillas like peeling fruit or some shit. I don't, I, I shouldn't need to use it to save my sensitive 
police documents on very important cases when I may lose it by pressing the big red fucking X up in the top corner that really is inviting for me to click. And then it's just not gonna tell me that something's wrong. It's just gonna delete my document. Like, oh, I got you. Ha! Huh. Look look at that. Look that that's that's so funny. Morgan. <laughs> What's up, KDK? Don't call me that. Right, right. Sure thing. I need a favor. Yeah. What sort of Oh fuck me. Is that that's from Giannos, isn't it? Freshly baked for my favorite detective. That is an absolute lie, KDK. Everyone knows you hate us all. Yes, but I respect you, Morgan, and I really need your help. Fair enough. The bus on the waterfront last week. You helped seize a whole bunch of wonderful toys. What about them? I just need something from evidence. Just something small. You'll have spares. Uh-huh. And, uh, this is for... I'm about to do something incredibly stupid. And I could use the edge. You, uh, you want backup? Not this time. If I'm right, I'd rather just risk my own neck on this one. And people say you don't care. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> if I go and get myself killed, tell Kinsey's not to touch my fucking stapler. I'll haunt his ass. Kate is back at the Redmond residence. Her heart keeps trying to crawl up into her throat. But she forces it back down by thinking of that poor dead girl. Stabbed more than 700 times. She doesn't have time to be afraid. She makes do with anger instead. With one hand tucked inside the pocket of her jacket, she strides up to the front door and knocks. D Detective, what, well, what can I do for you? This is Redmond. Can I come in? I'd like to ask you a few more questions, if that's all right. C can it wait until tomorrow? It's... It's very late. Her face is very pale. The smile she's giving Kate is utterly painted on. It will only take a few moments. What is this about? It's about a woman named Laura Jennings. Does that name mean anything to you? In less than half a second, Kate finds she's no longer on the street. Instead, she's slamming into a coffee table inside the Redmond house. Something inside her cracks. Maybe a rib. <laughs> Yay! I was right! How? How the fuck did you know? You talk too much. It wasn't hard to figure it out. Meddling bitch. You didn't just leave me alone, could you? Suddenly, with a violent rush of air, the other woman is directly in Kate's face, and her hands are around her throat. <gasps> Don't worry, detective. This will be over soon. I'm getting better. I had to get rid of one useless whore today already, you know. You have a very unhealthy view of other women. That's when Kate closes her eyes and pulls the flashbang from her pocket. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck you. What did you- Reeling, partially deafened, fighting to gain her breath, Kate clambers back to her feet. <sighs> you are so immensely under arrest. Mrs. Redmond, holy shit. Kate tackles Margot Redmond, practically falling on her, jamming a taser against her skin and giving her everything it's got. I can do this. I can do this. I just have to keep her off balance. Let her get her bearings. I'm a fucking die, so let's just keep pouring it on. But in that moment, 
One of Margot Redmond's flailing strikes lands a glancing hit to the side of Kate's face. Fortunately, that's all it is, because the wild attacks are going at accelerated speed. The whole world goes white for a moment. Kate feels everything spin, and Margot grabs her by the jacket, flinging her like a child's toy. She slams against the far wall. Old pictures clatter to the floor. A curio cabinet falls in, shattering keepsakes into millions of pieces. And once again, Kate feels something break. She's not sure what. She just knows that it hurts. Thank God I have internal bleeding. Still ahead of the game. Somewhat. That's funny. This serum Rory had made for me. I got nudes for you, detective. It's good for 72 hours. That's still more than two days, where I'll have enough power to take care of every single rancid lying bitch out there who tried to ruin my husband. I'll make sure they can't hurt him anymore. Just need to take care of you first. <laughs> but trust me, after that stunt you just pulled, I'm gonna take my time. You gonna do it quietly? Don't worry, bitch. You'll be screaming loud enough for the both of us. Kate's expecting pain. Death. At least a good night's sleep, finally. But instead, the east wall of the house explodes. Margot is sent flying. Kate thinks she might be going into shock because she's not nearly as alarmed by this turn of events as she feels she should be. Regardless, as she looks on, the dust settles. And... That's enough, Margot. The detective isn't your concern. The man in black. All long, dark coat, pointed ears, glowing red eyes, strides into the ruined home. Gigantic gun at the ready. Kate tries to fumble for her own, but her fingers don't seem to want to work. Everything is numb, and her head is swimming whenever she breathes. Who the fuck are you? The one who killed your husband. Oh shit. That's my guy. That's my guy. That's my fucking guy! You? You killed him? It was you? Wish I could have done it more than once. Fuck you! She charges at her husband's murderer, with the fires of hell itself burning within her. No thought, just pure rage. But for all her borrowed speed, she misses her target entirely, and drives her arm through the wall directly behind where he'd been. Fuck you! Fuck you, you monster! I'll kill you, I swear to fucking god, I'll kill you! Super speed too? Don't run for me, murderer. Stand still. Stay fucking still! I don't think so, Margo. She strikes at him, again and again. Her punch is moving too fast for Kate to even think about following, even if she weren't already fighting to stay conscious. But every time, again and again, she seems to just miss him somehow. Yet he barely seems to move at all. Why can't I hit you? Predictive algorithms in my helmet. I know what you're going to do before you do. So no, you can't hit me. Suddenly, he reaches out, and with one red-gloved hand, seizes her by the throat. Even from her position, Kate can see the terror flashing across Margot's eyes. I don't have that problem. In one swift, brutal motion, he slams her against a nearby wall with such force that it bursts apart in dust and debris and Kate hears an audible snapping noise, followed by a howl like a wounded animal. In spite of everything the woman's done, 
There's a moment when Kate's stomach twists up on itself. Finally, she manages to free the gun from its holster, and the man in black looms over Margot. You'd be paralyzed for life, if not for the temporary powers Rory gave you. Imagine if you'd use them for good, instead of murdering a traumatized woman. Just because you couldn't accept who your husband was? Disgusting. Realizing what's about to happen, Kate finally manages to raise her weapon. Stop it! That's enough! Put, put down the weapon! You're under arrest! The man in black regards her with those glowing red eyes, and it's like staring death itself in the face. Without another word, Kate squeezes off three rounds, and they do nothing. There's not a mark on her target, as the report from the last shot dies. Oh, Christ. For his part, the man in black just turns back to Margot where she lies, unable to move, unable to speak, just pleading wordlessly. <laughs> Hell's too good for you, but it's the best I've got. No, stop, don't! She was a lot easier than her husband. But I guess that's what happens when you've only been playing God for a day. As he strides towards her, Kate loses her grip on her weapon, for all the apparent good it'll do. She wonders if she's about to die after all, and the man in black looms over her. Stay out of my way, detective. Maybe she closes her eyes for a moment. Maybe it's longer than that. When she opens them again, he's gone. But now, at least, she can hear sirens in the distance. She thinks she's going to be alright after all. Even so, she's still tired, shaken, and in pain. She finally met her phantom killer, and he probably saved her life. Really, there's only one thing left she can think to say. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next episode.